funny how? It'd be funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you. another episode of the silver scream video if it is halloween it is silver scream video you weren't as high on the halloween train as i was or on it you know because uh of the burnout we suffered that that first halloween but i think mm. we're coming back around guys we found a happy way to enjoy how the halloween season you know so oh hell yeah i've been in i've been enjoying this even though uh you made us watch an action movie this week which i thought no was a weird it is choice. not a fucking action movie it's <laughs> not an action movie we're gonna get to that don't get me off track it's too early for this sorry sorry oh. sorry sorry go ahead okay anyway let's let's start with the basics how are you i'm good man <laughs> it's getting cold up get- here dude i swear to god i almost was like is it cold up there and then i was like no don't you fucking do it and then you did it so. <laughs> dude it's cold man it's cold up here in New York already. Dude, I left for the gym pretty early the other morning, and then it was 45 degrees outside in fucking Florida. Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Um, anyway. Godspeed. Yeah, so you guys, have, it's cold. It's flooding. I, I keep seeing videos of rats frolicking in the water on the streets as they flood and people run in panic, so that's been fun. Yeah, well, let's just say none of that stuff's happening in my neighborhood, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, yeah. You live with the with the haves. This must just be in the have nots. So yeah, if you're if you're if you're a have not out there, uh, tough times. But for us <laughs> haves up here, uh, things are looking mighty good. And by good, I mean I'm just elevated enough, just so the water doesn't hit me. I mean, I don't know if that like just being elevated enough should count as the haves, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> that counts as a have here in New York. I'm just enough above sea level to not get flooded. I'm in the halves. So. <laughs> it's like if you have a refrigerator, a full-size refrigerator in New York, it's like, okay, uh, billionaire. All right. Um, Yeah, I just, you know, and, and honestly, guys, before we before we started recording, you were uh, you were talking about like I was I was talking about possibly moving and you were throwing out New York. And this is the kind of thing that I'm not I'm not going to move to New York. It's like, oh, man, I have a full fridge. And in and in, in the in a fucking oven, I I'm living like a god up here. No, okay, don't get greedy now. Don't. <laughs> this isn't Elon Musk's uh, New York City penthouse. Okay, well you know don't well don't all of us have ovens. Oh wow. Okay, you're selling it a lot. It makes me want to pack up my bags and head that way now. <laughs> but yeah, you should totally move up here. It's yeah, for sure. Fun. Sounds like it. Sounds like yeah. Sounds like a lot of fun. Anyway, listen. Guys, I have some non-Halloween news this year before we get to our our Halloween fun talk. So, you know, the movie gods give and the movie gods take away. Mm. You know, they 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 push Dune 2 to next year, which I'm not super pumped about it, but I know it was a big deal to a lot of people. So that was like the first domino. The second domino was that shitty-looking Zendaya movie that everybody was talking about. And then you've got, okay, are they going to push killers of the flower moon or flower which is it flowers is the killer moon no, <laughs> killers is first killers okay. of the so, flower moon i get them i get them mixed up too it's not my fault the score says he uh picked a really long title he could have dumbed it down for me but either way 
Yeah, just um, call it that, killers, you know? Yeah, yeah, just I'm sure that gets the point across. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so that didn't get canceled, and, and, and like, it was just a, 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 you know, a sigh of relief. And then, you know, Napoleon hopefully won't get canceled. But there has been a casualty today that hits me right in the movie soul. Uh, oh, no. Bike Riders, the new Jeff Nichols movie that I talked about a couple of weeks ago, has been officially pushed because of the actor strike, and there is no timetable for when it's going to be out next year from what I read. Oh, no. You know what? Don't don't pretend like you're sad, just like you <laughs> pretended like Jeff Nichols was a good director or a great director. Look, um, man, all I'm saying is I really thought after Take Shelter. I don't want to hear this again because he is a great director. Uh, anyway, I was looking forward to seeing the movie, and now I have to wait a little longer. So talk about first world problems, but I don't care. I wanted to see the movie. I was pumped for it. So whatever. Um, it's a, you know, it's a shame. What can you say? It's a tough life, you know. Uh, the other non-Halloween movie news is involving the one and only greatest living director, arguably the greatest of all time, Martin Scorsese. I don't know if you remember this. This is very bizarre to me. A few months ago, we did, it could be a year. I'm very, I'm very bad with time. I think we both are. We were doing an episode. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm 99% sure this was a William Friedkin. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we did an episode yep. where we did, we did Sorcerer and something else. And I want to say that at the time, unfortunately, he has passed. So RIP to a, to a great director. Um, I want to say we discussed a movie that was going to be his next movie called The Wager. I don't know right. if you remember this, but it was about the the in the 1700s. Um, these people wash ashore, and they say they were from a crew, and they're they're like you know they're like they're, everybody thinks they're heroes, and then a few months later, someone else washes up on shore, and they're like, no, bitches, they're fucking mutineers, like they're liars. Right. And anyway, I think it was him that he was going to adapt that. Obviously, he's passed, and I, and I, from what I understood, this was a hot commodity because the book. Uh, the wager, a tale of shipwreck, mutiny, and murder, was a pretty big deal uh, when it came out. I believe it came out earlier this year. Anyway, uh, Martin Scorsese, from what I am reading, is confirmed to be directing, and the only person in the cast so far is Leonardo DiCaprio. Wow. Okay. So I'm excited. Uh, I think that sounds awesome. I think the subject matter sounds great. Um, I I love shit like that. I can't wait to read the book. And uh, obviously Scorsese, you know, he's going to fucking knock this out of the park. And also, like, it's if it's going to be a movie primarily on water, um, or at least a good portion of it, because you have to establish those those narratives, that's not going to be an easy or fun movie to shoot for a man who's 82 years old. So I'm really surprised that he's not picking something that's a little easier. Yeah, I mean, that's interesting. It's almost like we're going to get, like, our... Are we going to get our Scorsese, like boat movie like master and commander or like also like new world you know early like colonial america like are we gonna get that version of like you know that scorsese movie like that's gonna be awesome yeah i mean there's no way that he's not gonna be able to handle the material so i mean clearly i'm i'm pretty excited and i think it's gonna be a lot of fun now obviously this is very early there's been several projects that have been linked to scorsese even with casting and and they uh, they have not come to fruition. For instance, the Jerry Garcia movie starring Jonah Hill is still on the back burner from what I've read. So until yeah. they start shooting, until it goes into pre-production, 
I'm not a hundred percent sold on him doing this movie, but I thought it was a cool little piece of movie news. We rarely cover like what I would consider movie news, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I know the Gilead uh, adaptation, which I talked about on here um, one week, uh, is also on his radar, and he's supposed to be uh, thinking about another Jesus movie. Um, yeah, I don't know. Whatever the man picks, I'll, I'll definitely be excited about and, and go see. And uh, yeah, I hope, uh, I don't want to say it, but I hope he really gets going on all these projects, because... He's an old man, you know, like I just just I want him to be able to do everything he wants to do, you know. Well, you know, from what I've read, I want to say that the Jesus movie he wants to do is going to be what what probably is going to be his final movie. So he may want to do one more Mm. before that movie. I don't know. Uh, And that that Jesus movie is basically if Jesus was transported to like modern day America, right? Like the original idea for Last Temptation, if I'm not wrong. I believe so. That's the idea. Um, Yeah. A lot of interesting projects, man. He's dude. He's he's not still cooking. He's still at a at a frothing boil, you know, at this point in his career. So more power to I him. I think man. he should remake Goodfellas and set it like Gen Z and have it be like this up and coming gang <laughs> in like California or something. I think that could be fun. Uh, go and get your. Uh, <laughs> I can't even think of anything. <laughs> go and get your. Uh, what what do they call them? The go and get your vape pen. You know, <laughs> by the way, no offense intended to any Gen Z listeners. I know we have a lot of young listeners. That was just a joke. No offense right. intended. It would be funny. Anyway, um, guys, let's talk about some scary movies. Uh, have you watched anything not related to the podcast in terms of horror movies? Because I once again have done so. Uh, uh, no, I'm just go ahead and unload the clip. Um, I'm, what, have, I'm, what have you been doing? What have, what have you been watching? Well, you know, uh, I didn't want to. Are you still fucking watching Frasier? Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Okay, but you can you can be honest. This is a safe space. How many episodes of Frasier have you watched? I mean, I don't know. A lot. You know? I, can you give us a number? Uh, I'm, I want to say at this point, 100 maybe? This is embarrassing. I mean, it's four <laughs> seasons, you know? <laughs> Dude, I can't help it, man. It's in, you know. Well, also, I've been watching a lot of sports too because it's there's been a lot of football and college football going on, and also it's the baseball playoffs now. So like October is like the the busiest sports month of the year. So you know, you know, I like to keep up with my with my little games and sports. So I've been I've been watching a lot of that too. I'm sorry, I dozed off. What was that? You mentioned baseball, I think. <laughs> anyway, I don't have a lot because some of them, as I said, I watch a lot of scary movies during the month of October that aren't worth talking about. But I do have I have a very interesting one. And I'm, and I'm hoping longtime listeners will know that when it comes to Internet lore, Internet terminology, things like that, I'm not the I'm not the brightest bulb when it comes to that. So I oftentimes ask you if I don't want to Google or need further explanation. Are you familiar with this? This isn't terminology. This is lore. Are you familiar with this lore from like 2017 involving something called Dear David? God, you know, that sounds familiar, but I can't I can't put a like I can't put a a, a pin on it right now. What is it? I will do my best to explain this because it's quick, but I just want to make sure I get the information correct. So this guy that worked for BuzzFeed you know, claimed he was being haunted, claimed his apartment was being haunted. Mm. And the premise was like, oh, this this 
this kid, this this ghost, you know. So the movie, I don't remember that at all. It was all over Twitter, apparently. It apparently, it was fucking huge. Like, this guy made a lot of waves with this. But apparently, like, you know, they decided to make a movie about it. And this kid, like, like he, he says something bad on the internet. Like, he tells this guy to die in a fire or something. Um, and then that sets off this chain reaction of this, of this ghost kid. You know, the movie wasn't very good. You know, I didn't, I did not care for it. It wasn't bad. It was a fine ghost movie, but mainly it was just like, this is a piece of internet history in movie form. And we don't really get a ton of those. So I thought it was just really interesting because we have horror movies that are based on creepypastas or things that like started on the internet, like Slender Man, for instance, that's, that's entirely organically grown on the internet, right? So mm-hmm. we have movies like that, but this movie was completely based on this Twitter event that took place in 2017 with a guy who worked at BuzzFeed who claimed he was being haunted. And I thought that in and of itself was intriguing enough to make me watch the movie. And like I said, it was, it was average. It was fine. But how weird you know, is that? I, I'm thinking, you know, at, at this late stage of 2023, there really should be more movies based on tweets as like as normally i i you know the traditionalist that i am i should be like against that but you just think there would be more because the only other one and i just googled it movies based on tweets the only thing that's coming up is that movie that you're talking about and zola from 2020 remember that movie i do i didn't watch it but i remember it it's i didn't like it but it was based on what i gotta be honest is one of the greatest twitter threads of all time uh if uh, if the director of Zola was half as good a storyteller as the original person who tweeted that whole story, then it would have been a good movie. But you'd think there'd be more. You'd think there'd be more like internet lore movies, you know, but there or tweet movies, but there there really hasn't been, you know. Well, it it is weird. And when I told a couple of people about this, they they were all aware. They were like, oh, yeah, I know the Dear David thing. Hmm. And I'm like, OK, well. I don't. Uh, the movie really leaned into the based on a true story thing, as it should have, you know, for theatrical effect. But um, it was weird. The only real recognizable face was Justin Long, who popped up in it. And uh, that's about it. But the CGI was whatever. It had some decent uh, scares in it. But I mean, I just like ghost shit. I don't feel like we get enough ghost movies. I feel like we're either. I feel like with the current state of horror. And I, and I know I'm not, I've never proclaimed to be a massive horror fan, but I am, I do watch a lot of them. Um, I feel like we're either getting like over the top torture porn type shit, which is fine, you know, teach their own, or we're getting like these kind of pretentious, you know, the term, the bullshit term elevated horror. Mm. You know, I don't feel like we're getting like simple horror movies anymore. And the ones we do get go straight to streaming. So they look like they're on streaming. They look mm. like they're they look like they were filmed on Netflix's backlot kind of thing. I have not seen the new Exorcist, but I've heard it's terrible. And that's honestly to be expected because you don't they're clearly missing the point of the original Exorcist. So um or, or I should say remakes and reboots would be the other category that I would throw out there for horror movies. Yeah, no, I mean it's it's a it's a valid point. I mean, especially when you look at, you know, the original, you know, the OG you know, Halloween movie, um, you know, which is as simple as it could possibly be, you know, and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, some of the, 
um, even Poltergeist, you know, even some of the more um, the greatest horror movies out there are uh, simplistic in in nature. We've talked about this before about plot bloat, you know, and how oh yeah yeah just too much of that shit. And um, but I'll tell you, the ghost thing is really an interesting point because. I think there's a depiction problem visually when it comes to ghosts, right? Because like if you see a ghost in a movie, it's never a ghost. It's a creature. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, this nun is the ghost of some nun. And it's like, well, okay, but that's just a, that's a nun. It's, you know, it's like functionally, it looks like a zombie or like a goblin or something. You know, we, you don't actually get like good old fashioned see-through ghosts or like definitely you don't get the, the white hood anymore you know it's uh i don't know we, let's bring back the classic ghost you know well i mean i just feel like it's some directors can still do it pretty well but i feel like it's the the art of it's not what you show is kind of gone mm. and i feel like that kind of needs to come back but there's no budgets for it you know uh even even someone who i who i love and i and obviously you know we joke around about how I like them a lot more than you, but Guillermo del Toro, you know, Crimson Peak was, was a little over the top in terms of just being a traditional Gothic horror kind of haunted, haunted house, haunted character type of thing, because his ghosts were creatures. They weren't ghosts. Like you just said, you know, there was a whole thing about how he designed them. And while that is cool, I don't want to split hairs. It's not a ghost, you know? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah. I remember when we were younger, I mean, I feel like all the ghosts look like ghosts. They look like, I mean, you, you can still, you can make the white sheet floating around. You can make that spooky, man. I mean, remember that David Lowry movie? Um, oh like yeah. That, yeah. That wasn't like a ter- terrifying movie, but every time that floating sheet popped up, it was unsettling, you know, like it was, uh, I don't know. Yeah. You don't see, don't see a lot of traditional ghosts anymore. I remember watching the original 13 Ghosts from like 1965 or something, and it scared the shit out of me. Like that mm. movie was terrifying. I don't think I've uh, ever seen that. I should watch that. Yeah, the remake is awful, but the the uh, original was 1960, and it was uh, it was so good, man. Very simple, 85 minutes. Like it's. Uh, I grew up watching that on on a VHS. So. Yeah, let's bring back the ghosts. Remember, like, remember the cartoons where it'd be like. Mickey Mouse and you know Pluto and and they'd all be wearing they'd be running from ghosts in a haunted house and shit like actually speaking of which haunted house movies I feel like we don't get a lot of haunted house movies anymore you know well that's that's also what I was saying as well like like I want more haunted house movies but I don't want shitty ones dude there's I feel like whenever we do get one like I said either it looks like it was shot at a streamer or worse it looks like it was shot by someone for like four hundred bucks in their mm-hmm. house so. See, what I don't like is, you know, I should say I don't like this because there's a place for this, but it's like maybe it's the saw effect of like, well, now it's elevated horror, but I feel like for a while there, it was like every horror movie feels like it's like a guitar riff. You know what I mean? Like, like, like in saw, like at the end of it, when the music kicks in and it's like, you know it's like i don't i don't know if i'm doing a good job of describing it but it's like the tone of it is just like a like a guitar riff you know what i mean as opposed to like whatever happened to like a somber you know quiet remember creaking of the door and or creaking of the 
the wooden floor, you know, like whatever happened to that, you know, like oh, yeah. tiptoeing, tiptoeing through some kind of like haunted mansion or something, you know, just old fashioned scary shit. You know, we don't get that, any of that anymore. I don't feel like I watched, um, I watched a, a really, I cannot remember the name of it cause I didn't plan on talking about it, but since you said that I will throw this out there, it's not really a discussion movie, but it's a, it's about a, um, a Jewish, this guy owns a, like a funeral home, his Jewish dad, like old school Jew, Jewish dad. And he owns a funeral home and the son goes back with the pregnant wife because he's having money troubles. And they end up getting a corpse in there who had like this demon that he had trapped in him who fed on children. And until mm. they showed the CGI monstrosity, there was some effective scares in it, right? Like it uh, really right. worked. But then you have this CGI demon that finally makes a reveal. And it's like, well, you ruined it. Yeah, it just ruins stupid. everything. It's like, I didn't yeah. want to see that. But also, I, I love lore movies that are also wrapped up. And for instance, that was wrapped up in this old like Hasidic Jew demon from their culture. Or you look at um, that movie you didn't care for very much, but I really enjoyed called The, uh, the Autopsy of Jane Doe, where it gets mm. wrapped up in like witch culture, like old school witch culture. I like shit like that as well. Hey. So. Speaking of which, we got a little bit of that going on today in one of the movies we're talking about. Um, we do, we do, and and not only that, we we actually get we get a little bit of of that, and we get a little bit of some kind of creepy ghost action as well. This movie it mixes it up. Um, God, you're right. These, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I I wanted to you know this is not a director episode, guys. These are just two separate movies. That the the through line is. Not only are they both horror movies, uh, <laughs> they are both South Korean. And one is I Saw the Devil from 2010. One is The Welling from 2016. Now, you guys may be familiar with I Saw the Devil, either from watching it or from previous discussions, because we just did a Jiwoon Kim movie a few weeks ago, I feel, um, where we did, uh, what was the name of that movie? I just, it just lost, Bittersweet Life. Right. And uh, the same guys in it, the same lead. Uh, uh, and anyway, so these are both South Korean movies. And in my opinion, like I saw the devil I'd already seen. I watched it when it first came out. I think you had already seen it too. The Welling's been on my list for a while. Once again, we are getting more evidence that South Korea has is not not only currently making probably the best movies out there, but also have been doing it because I saw the devil's, you know, 13 years old at this point. Mm. Um, anyway, what, what's your experience with these movie or, but just tell us a little bit of, have you seen either of them? And then we'll jump in. I saw the devil, but have you, have you, I know, I think you said you've seen, I saw the devil before. I did say that. And I was wrong. <laughs> I, oh, okay. not, I, I, I must've been thinking of another movie or something. I, I, I was, I was trying to track down which movie I was thinking of and I couldn't even figure that out. I, I just know that like, I remembered the poster i remembered the trailer and i was like i know i've seen that and then when i watched it i was like oh i definitely haven't seen this um i mean so yeah i i haven't seen it it was definitely a new experience for me i mean it was you know both of these movies and if, if we're going to transition into you know i saw the devil first um both of these movies are very very standard uh I feel like South Korean fare. Well, I don't, I don't mean that in terms of quality because I think in quality, they're both very, very good. But when I say standard, I mean, it's the, it's the standard like critical idea, which is like 
South Koreans or another national cinema like Hong Kong cinema or, um, you know, some Japanese cinema where they take an American genre and they just they just go balls to the wall, you know, and they take a classic genre that, um, you know, that, that is like a Hollywood, you know, invention and they turn it into something that's just completely bizarre and amazing and strange. And I, I think these movies are, are perfect examples of that. Um, so it kind well, of delivered you... in that way. Like it was just like, Oh, South Korea movies. Like I know what to expect here. And that's exactly what I got, which is a, uh, a, uh, a batshit insane remix of like typical Hollywood genre fare. In the in in this case, if I saw the devil, it's like a remix of John Wick, even though John Wick came out a few years later. Well, it's funny you say that about mixing up the genre and going balls to the wall, because I will go ahead and say, if you haven't seen the good, the bad, and the weird, you or the listeners, check that out because that's mm. another one of his movies. And We've already covered A Bittersweet Life, but A Tale of Two Sisters is really good as well. Like this dude, I really like Jiwoon Kim. Like I didn't even really know how much I liked him until we watched A Bittersweet Life. And then it kind of, I was like, oh shit, he directed I Saw the Devil. He directed The Good, Bad, and the Weird and so on. So it kind of really allowed me to formulate, okay, now I, I'm understanding what this guy is doing a little more. And gotcha. it's really fascinating to me. Okay, so yeah, should we get into uh, into I Saw the Devil? Where do you want to start with this one? Well, first, I will say, you know, this this movie, I'm going to tell you, because it's a very generic, it sounds very generic, a secret agent exacts revenge on a serial killer through a series of captures and release, this kind of thing, whatever. So, look, I understand uh, when you text me and said it's an action movie, I'm not, I can't disagree with that per se, you know, because I do think there are elements, there's some good, dude, the action scenes in this movie are so fucking good and mm-hmm. the fight scenes are so good but i would i mean i know we're crossing a lot of genres but i would say this is action thriller but at its root i do believe it is horror it has very horrific elements in it in terms of this serial killer who what he does the horrific way in which he goes about it. i mean dude this motherfucker is like 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 with Saw, that little uh, the little doll that runs around, you know that that dude has somewhat justice. It's more of like a retribution. Mm-hmm. So, but this guy is the fucking devil. He is like he he is a this dude was so good at being a monster. It's just one of those kind of performances where it's like I don't know if I trust you in real life. Yeah, like you were so disturbing. Um, I was thinking about that. Like, imagine his wife. Or like a significant other, like, you know what I mean? Like, like er, women talk about getting the ick nowadays, you know. And it's like, dude, how could you watch this movie and then go home to that guy and be like, you really played that really fucking convincingly? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, well, I'm actually gonna go ahead and attempt. I'm hoping I say their names correctly. Our lead is Lee Byung Hoon, and he is he was also he's worked with our director a few times. And then the serial killer we're talking about is. Uh, Choi Min Seek and mm. dude like the two leads of this movie talk about it's so good man like they're they're back and forth uh the scenes they have together especially the one that it, it, where he's just essentially talking on the phone telling him what his wife's last words were like that was just so disturbing but 
Either way, I think the violence, like the violence is so graphic, which is why I started on that saw thread, because this is brutal, bloody dismemberment. There's cannibals. And the overall subject matter is so horrifying. I personally think it should fall more more in the horror genre because of that. But I cannot dispute if you say, no, I would say this is predominantly an action movie. Yeah, I mean, you know, the distinctions are, you know, I'm mostly joking around when I say it's an action movie, but... It, it, I think what, I think it's a good conversation, though, just because of, of, of what the movie's about. Yeah, I mean, it, well, what, what I think, because I was expecting, obviously, a horror movie, because Halloween and I had watched The Wailing before... And I was expecting, you know, a horror movie and it is a horror movie in visual language very often, right? Like at the beginning and during the murder scenes and stuff. I mean, I would even go so far as to say in some of the really graphic uh, scenes, it is close to kind of a, like you said, like a saw level of like torture porn, you know, because um, and I don't even mean this as a bad way because it's fucking movies and it's fake, but some of those shots are really gratuitous. You know what I mean? Like they do not need to be shown, but they're shown for, for shock effect and shock sake. And I, I think that's, that's fine. It's a perfectly fine way to make a movie. Um, but like, so, so I think visually it is a horror movie, but the narrative structure of it and coupled with a couple of, well, not a couple of handful of dynamite action scenes kind of make it seem like an action movie, you know? So it, it's, it's it's kind of an interesting combination of both because you have scenes in here that are like, man, this would look in, this would look, you know, uh, this would fit right in with the other movie we watch, which is definitely more traditional horror or and some of it would fit in with fucking hostile, you know what I mean? Like, um, but the, the structure of it is basically John Wick. And I, I want to outline that structure just really quick so our listeners can follow along with kind of the threads of conversation we're having. Um, basically, what we have here is, without spoiling anything, um, we have, you know, uh, a serial killer who kills the wife of this this cop or secret service agent, whatever he is. Dude, I love how ambiguous it is with secret agent. I I like, we don't get anything else outside of secret agent. That's just really funny to me. Right. Yeah. That's a good point. I said secret service because I was thinking he was talking in that thing, but I guess that could be anybody, you know, he could be James Bond for all I know, you know, Um, but he's some kind of secret agent or whatever. And um, basically he goes on the hunt for this serial killer after he kills his wife and uh, you know in 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 an effort of revenge and uh similar to like prisoners or something we learned that the uh the road to revenge is a bloody one (laughs) and and he he ends up setting these kind of like saw like you know like he catches the guy and then lets him go only to chase him down again it's really it's really kind of a fucked up way to 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 kill somebody and get revenge it's like this guy is really going after like hardcore revenge and putting this guy through as much pain as possible. And there's some collateral damage along the way. Uh, if he had turned this guy into the police, there'd be a lot less dead bodies around, you know? Um, so I just wanted to, I just wanted to map out that structure. So that way you, if, if anybody hasn't seen it, they can kind of know what we're talking about here. But, um, well, I will say to to add on to that real quick, I I would say if we're gonna draw comparisons to 
to more modern action movies, I I think I'd have to say Taken a little more than John Wick a little bit. I don't know. It it feels it maybe feels like it pulls sure. elements of both. Um, but I mean, yeah, this is the pre like. So I started looking at the year when you said John Wick. This is the pre John Wick as well. I think John Wick the first one was 2014. So there's elements of like Wick. Uh, taken. I mean, there's some there's some legit revenge action going on. Is is basically what? Yeah. And and I, I will say, I think at the time, you know, and just like many uh, South Korean or Hong Kong, you know, when when American genres are kind of entering a a fallow period, you know, um, some of the other uh, national cinemas will come through with that specific genre, right? But like, you know, whenever the American genre movies, you know, we stop making revenge thrillers for a while and then all of a sudden a great one will come out in South Korea. You know what I mean? And so I feel like this was like you've got Taken, you've got John Wick, but the the revenge thriller was not everybody was making Jason Bourne's kind of in the late 2000s. Right. Nobody was interested in doing an old fashioned grindhouse style revenge movie. But boy, the South Koreans were, you know, like they, they made a hell of a one. Um Let's talk about the violence. I want to get your thoughts on this violence because I think it is gratuitous. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's it's perfectly fine. It's shocking. And it's honestly fun to watch because you're like, ooh, they left that shot linger a little longer than I thought they would. You know, um, it hit home for me when a guy gets hit in the face with a blunt object and you can you can see his you can see like the blood pool underneath his like his head, you know what I mean? Like you could see the damage kind of underneath his skin without seeing any. When I saw that, I was like, oh, we're in for, we're in for a ride here. We are about to see some fucked up shit. And boy, do we, um, what are I your think thoughts? Probably on my, my favorite shot in terms of the gratuitous violence is when he is trigger warning, you know, you've got a few seconds now, uh, when he is beating the old man and he basically pops his eyeball. They don't show it. But mm-hmm. you see, you see it pop mm-hmm. down, and there's something about that special extra mile they went that really is unsettling. It's like um, every shot is just lingering an extra second, and that extra like where, where a regular movie would cut away, it's just like that extra second or two. It's like, oh, that mm, that one really <laughs> that but, one made me made me feel something there, Jesus. Before I tell you my views on the violence, I have to say the only time I thought the movie stumbled with its with its depiction of violence, because like you're in for a penny, you're in for a pound in this movie. Like this mm-hmm. movie is ready to rock and roll with its violence. When he tells the guy he'll give him a permanent smile, I wish they had showed more of that. I know it would have been a little over the top, but I really wanted them to do some practical effects and show us him ripping a man's lower jaw. Um, you know, I, I, I gotta be honest. I saw enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you wanted like, uh, that motherfucker from mortal Kombat. What was that guy's name? Uh, who had the, am I, am I talking way out of, out of left field here? There's a guy well, in mortal Kombat who would like rip people in ha- in half, like starting with the mouth. Um, I can't remember his name though. I don't know, but I know what you're talking about. There's a, there's a lot of good fatalities that involve ripping someone's lower jaw off as well. Um, right. Yeah. Look, was, I'll tell you this. It was wild. I'll tell you this. Five, six years ago, I would have said 
it was gratuitous, unnecessary, exploitative, especially the scenes where you purposefully had the women topless. You purposefully had them in this situation. There wasn't, and for anybody on the fence about watching this, I can tell you at least there wasn't any sexual violence. There was the start of it, but the movie doesn't let it take place. I, I personally always think that's the right call. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no reason to show it. You can apply it, you know? Now, I'm not going to question someone's artistic vision or, or, or intentions like, it's your movie, you do what you want, but I, I personally wouldn't do that, so I'm glad the movie didn't do that. But like I said, five or six years ago, I probably would have said the violence was too much. But dude, now it's just I don't care. Like I just I want it to make sense is the thing. I want it to be in an action scene. I want it to be when someone's getting beaten to death, when someone's getting sliced up. Uh, my problem with violence in most new movies is how shitty it looks. That's my mm-hmm. biggest problem with violence. This movie looked good 90 percent of the time with what they were doing with the violence, the stabs, the blood. Like, of course, I don't expect the movie to understand how injuries work. I mean, the man gets his Achilles tendon ripped out and he's walking with a limp, you know, that, you know, so yeah, that was great. I, I understand they're going to be, there's going to be some suspension of disbelief, but if you don't like violence, my, my new, my newer stand on this would be, if you don't like violence like this in movies, don't watch movies. You know, you're not going to go watch saw, if you don't want to see someone drill their fucking skull open, you know what I mean? Like, right. So I think it's fine. I think the violence, I, who gives a fuck, man? Like it's well done. It worked for the story. I mean, and also, you know, it's, it's similar to, um, you, you know, like, like I, I know they're in the nineties, at least there was a lot of concern trolling. I feel like this is a very outdated argument now, but like there was all this concern trolling about, um, you know the you know violence in movies and 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 stuff and it's like it's like the roman coliseum and it's like you know it really isn't at all actually like (laughs) it really isn't like the roman coliseum at all because and i cannot emphasize this enough it's fucking fake right it's pretend like and that is the pleasure of violence in the movies right the pleasure is not Oh, I love seeing someone get their Achilles heel cut out because if you saw that in real life, there was there if if you saw a video of it or if you saw it in real life actually happening, there's no part of you that would be getting any pleasure of that. But you can get pleasure of it from a movie because you know it's fucking fake. And like the thrill is like how realistic are they going to make this look? You know what I mean? Like are they going to show me something I've never seen before? Because it's rubber and it's corn syrup. You know what I mean? Like it's it's literally the fakest thing that a movie can do is simulate violence, right? Because they can simulate sex, but even a part of you can be like, oh, I wonder if they really those actor and actresses were turned on or whatever. Violence, there's no with the exception of like Ben Hur, nobody's really dying on screen, right? Nobody's really getting cut open. And so like it's the fakest thing a movie can do. And so like the pleasure center is being like, how realistic are they going to make this look? How far, what am I going to see here? Makeups and effects wise that I've never seen before. You know, that is, that is the fun. It's not the Roman Coliseum. It's, it's like a science experiment. (laughs) You know what I mean? For lack of a better word, like it's, you're playing with makeup and goo and, 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 
and clay dummies and stuff, you know? And so like, yeah, I, I guess to say all that, I'm agreeing with you, like any concern trolling about the violence being gratuitous, like who gives a fuck? Like this is, it's all fake and we all know it's all fake and it's fun to watch, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I, you know, it, it just all comes down to, I, I learn, I realize that by having this weird stance against violence in movies, gratuitous over the top violence, that is in and of itself a weird form of censorship. That's why I say I would prefer obviously not see sexual violence in a movie, but if you feel the need to put it in the story, very similar to the last duel, that is what the director's vision was. So why it is just a movie, although that is obviously something none of us should want to witness. Like that is a censor. That's a censorship move, right? So mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I mean, obviously the fact that it's fake, and the, but the, the most important thing, though, I'll take it a step further. The most important thing, even more so than the fact that it's a movie, is nobody's fucking making you watch a violent movie or a movie with shit you don't want to see in it. So don't fucking right. watch you, it. You know, you know what you're getting into at this point. I mean, I will say right. that the, the sexual violence thing is something we've talked about on here. I don't know if we talked about it a lot, but we've talked about it uh, a number. Well, I think of it's times. a pretty important. I think it's a pretty it's a pretty important part of modern filmmaking, in my opinion. Like for, for it, what we want it, it, in a movie. It really is. And I, you know, I don't have a better reason, you know, I guess I could, I guess I could maybe think it through and, and come up with some kind of reason why I don't think it's okay. Well, I shouldn't say I don't think it's okay. I don't, I guess maybe want to watch it or, or yeah, maybe I think it, maybe I don't think it's okay. You know, like I, I could come up with some kind of reason to justify this, but, and I, but I, I don't want to, that would be very boring listening, just thinking it through on the podcast, but like, I don't know why, but it's just, you know, like for, I'll, I'll give an example, right? In this movie, there is a shot of a topless woman being chained to some kind of device. Right. And you'll know the shot that I'm talking about. Cause it's really obvious. The, there was, uh, there's a shot where her this woman's arm is being pulled tight with this chain, right? There's something around her wrist, and she's chained up to something. And the angle is on the floor, and her arm is being pulled tight, and you literally see, like, her boobs jiggle as she, as this is being pulled tight, right? No one will not convince me that that was not intended to be salacious right i'm sorry like you could you could show that a thousand different ways you shouldn't have to be topless you didn't have to show like you have to work to make sure her boob is like visible from that angle you know what i mean so like yeah i had no problem with that right i have no problem with that because i'm assuming the working conditions are safe you know if they aren't that's another conversation but like i'm assuming the working conditions are safe you know titillation is part of movies it always has been but if he had like actually simulated and i had seen like a couple of extra thrusts when he's on top of that girl in the in the open grave that would have set me back you know what i mean that would have been like i would have been like okay jesus all right stop you know i don't want to see this shit and i don't know why you know what i mean like i I don't really have i guess a, a good interesting thought or point of all that but it's like you know what i mean some titillation and exploitation is fun to watch and it's exciting and it's ooh look at that look at look at how realistic they made that and then some of it is just no 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 I don't want to see that shit right like no I don't I don't want to see this schoolgirl getting raped you know what I mean and 
I guess where that line gets drawn for each individual viewer is different. You know, I guess I I, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. I just it, it's an interesting thing to point out how like one thing of exploitation I think is acceptable, but another thing if they had shown something that wasn't as graphic, it was just a man thrusting and. I know there's nothing actually underneath him. The camera's just underneath of him and he's pretending to thrust into some woman. It's all, it's all pretend that would have bothered me. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know why it's just, I guess we all have our limits, you know? Well, you know, I, I you know, and I think that, I think it's an, and it's important conversation, not just because of the art form, but because of what this movie is. This movie contains a lot of touchy issues in terms of what people wouldn't want to see in a movie. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. or in terms of what some people find problematic. So, no, I agree. It is, I can watch a guy get his head sawed off. I can watch a guy get the top of his head cut off with whatever, like, but if you, if you have a scene where, yeah, there is that, like that simulated type of, uh, sex for an assault scene, it's like, no, this is what I'm probably going to mute it or fast forward it. You know, I think right. it's just something in our brains. You know, I think that's just the way it is. So while I, I, I just don't like any form of censorship uh, when it comes to a fucking movie. We're not talking about, we're not talking about live art. You know, we're not talking about right. people doing something to an actual other person in the name of art. We're talking about something that is filmed on a camera that is fake, that is for entertainment. So, right. And in case it feels like we're hitting this a little too on the nose or we're, we're spending a little too much time on it for this movie. I want to point out, I think the goal of this movie very much is to push those buttons and see how far it can take things without going over the edge. You know what I mean? Like, I really think that is an intentional, an intentional thing. Like, and I think he kind of has a history of pushing things, be it the boundaries of violence, the boundaries of sex, the boundaries of a story, of a narrative of these characters. Mm. I think that's he has a history of doing that. If anybody's watched more than a couple of his movies, you will see that. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's very much a like, okay, you want to see this serial killer get revenge, right? How bad do you want to see it? How bad do you want to see him get revenge? Because I'll show you revenge, like you know, like we'll show you some shit if you want to see it, audience. You know, um, well, you know, and clearly, I don't, you know, we don't want to do any major spoilers. It is kind of an old movie, but we we want you guys to be able to watch it and enjoy it. Both these movies are streaming on Prime for free, by the way. Um, mm. There is no good guy in this movie, right? Which is another right. reason I like it. It's not even a matter of a lead guy as an anti-hero. The lead guy puts a GPS tracker and a serial killer to track him and torture him and all that. Even if you ignore the the bad people that he killed, because there are a couple, there are a few characters that that he kills that it's the world's better off for it, right? But there's a scene where he interrupts a sexual assault of a girl who was like a secretary at a doctor's office. Mm -hmm. And it's like, she's traumatized forever. Like she's traumatized. There's no getting out of that one. Mm -hmm. But you, and so then she has that happen and you interrupt it and beat the shit out of him. And you fucking tear his Achilles tendon out, which is awesome. But it's right. like, she was just, she was just involved in the, you are, you are in your own way, a monster. And I know that's a little hitting the, the, you know, nail on the head or whatever. It's not very subtle because he kind of became a monster while dealing with this monster. But it goes to show you that I, I think the interesting point is not all monsters are bad. Not all monsters like that. That guy isn't capable of, of dragging a woman into a, an abandoned right. mine and, 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 and chopping her up. 
but he is capable of that other fucked up shit, you know, right. which I find to be the most interesting. No, it's a, it's a, yeah, this, yeah, no, you bring up a good point. This is not like prisoners is like the slow, kind of the slow burn de-evolution of Hugh Jackman's character of like what depths he will sink to or whatever. This is like, no, 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 from the jump. The, I mean, cause like, what's the first thing that the supposed hero of the movie does? There's a guy jerking off and he beats him within an inch of his life. Does he kill that guy? I even actually don't even remember. He sends him. No, he's, he, he, he makes him turn himself in. And he also takes like two homicides off their books. I mean, uh, okay. Yeah. I guess that guy was a murderer. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. But, but like, yeah. Okay. I guess that ruins my point then, but, but either way, like there's collateral damage and stuff happening. And this guy seems to care less. Like he is on a mission. He doesn't care who gets hurt. Dude, He wasn't even apologetic to this woman. And I don't want to be too graphic, but the guy was, was forcing her to do oral sex. Like it is a fucked up monstrous scene. And the guy kicks the door in and all that, but he's too late. As I just said, she's fucking traumatized for life, you yeah. know? And he didn't really seem to be too concerned with it. Well, and the pharmacist guy is fucking bleeding out, you know, like it's yeah. like, like, dude, this is your little project here has caused some fucking damage, my guy, you know, and he doesn't, but he doesn't give a shit, you know, and that is very clear from the jump. Um, yeah, well, but I will and, say when, when he gets him, that's like one of the coolest things ever. Like yeah. he just fucking knocks his door off. He's like, I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm just going to Tom Cruise Mission Impossible this shit. Yeah, because we're like, well, we're like 45 minutes into the movie and he already catches the guy. And you're like, where the fuck is this going? You know, and then obviously you can see from there. But um, yeah, good movie. I, I Obviously, I would recommend it. Very exploitative, very old fashioned, like exploitation style violence and shit. Um, if you're into that kind of thing, hard recommend. Uh, this one is, uh, yeah, I don't expect some kind of nuanced uh <laughs> nuanced uh, meditation on the nature of revenge like this is just a balls to the wall you know movie yeah no and i mean i don't like clearly there's there's not a lot of spoilers to give like you know you it's a very like you said a very simplistic plot but the movie ends with our character just crying and it's because he's he's as empty now as when he started this journey so it's mm -hmm. not deep it's not profound but it does show you that this and his life is going to get significantly worse. I won't go into why, because I want you guys to watch the movie, but he's fucked. <laughs> so, oh, I mean, so yeah, he, yeah. he's, it's bad, you know, and the movie didn't shy away from that. Like, no dude, like you, you have, you've ruined it. It's over. Yeah. Like he's walking away at the end and he's crying and it's like, what did you think was going to happen? My guy? Like, what did, <laughs> like. But I will you, say when 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 the sisters like it won't bring her back or change anything, even at that point, I'd, I'd still be like, well, fuck it. I'll feel better for like, you know, a, a, a couple of seconds, maybe when this motherfucker's dead. So I do right. think that maybe it, it seemed worth it. But I think I think the way the character was, he knew that it was he was fucked regardless. Yeah, no, no, no. hundred percent. I mean, I, I don't think he. Yeah, I think he never wavered for a second. I think at the end there, it was just kind of all crashing down on him. Like, it was the the final realization. And, uh, you know, honestly, it wasn't even really clear, dude. Maybe he was crying because he didn't have more any more revenge to get. You know what I mean? Maybe like, he was uh, crying because he's got a bloodlust now, and he doesn't know how to deal with it. <laughs> yeah, he's got the taste for it. Oh, by the way, I know we're running long on this movie. Those motherfucking cannibals, dude. 
Yeah, how surprised were you when that dude's just eating it and the guy's like, I can't believe you can eat that shit still. And like, Dude. The movie kind of leads you to believe it could be dog meat because you saw dogs, you know, like you hadn't right. seen people yet. And then it's like, nah, I am crazy because I ate too much human flesh. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, surprise ain't the word, man. I was like, just like laying back on my couch, just kind of like watching this movie, like, oh, this, this is a good movie, you know? And then like, it was like human flesh. And I was like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> what the well, fuck I'll- did that guy just say? I'll tell you for those for those of you that are not familiar with this, um, and I don't know if you are either. There is a disease you can get from eating human flesh. It's called Kuru disease. Kuru disease. Yeah, um, it is something. It de- like some movies will lead you to believe that it's going to happen automatically, but for those of you out there that's thinking about being experimental, you can eat human flesh without getting it, but you may not want to eat a lot of it. So if you just like eat a lot of human flesh, it's like mercury poisoning if you eat too much fish or something. I think so. But even then, I don't think you're guaranteed. I think there's a lot more that play into it because it's rare. Now, it's not cured. You cannot cure it. And it is it fucks up something in your neurons. So it is a bad thing to get and it will drive you insane. But it is rare. Even in cannibal tribes, you know, it's not like you have a bunch of crap. They're eating meat human meat obviously but it's not like they're all crazy you know they're all they're all operating within the confines of their tribe and they're also cannibals so well you heard it here first folks there is a legitimately good reason not to eat human flesh it is i know it's crazy but yeah you don't want to get that guys it's bad news this is such an obvious like little kid question but like i'm still in my head i'm like so is it like chicken? Like, is it like, is it like beef? You know, or does it not even compare? You know, like what's the, what's the consistency? What's the texture? The taste? I mean, who? You know, who knows? So it was a good movie, folks. Um, <laughs> Just zooming right by. <laughs> no, it, it this movie really it like I I know the plot is simple, but between the, the between the directing style, we get so many genres horror thriller action noir dude i just i fucking love this movie i i i loved it more this time around than the first time i watched it i don't know but i just this really hit a home run for me yeah it's a good movie good great action scenes that's that's, that was my favorite thing about it so there's some action scenes that are really incredible i just love the violence i just thought he'd like not not in a not in a childish way but i just thought he nailed it he just nailed that it was such it was unsettling it looked realistic like when, like when he's driving in the cars with those dudes, it was so tense, man. And he just fucking kills both of them with that knife. Now, mind you, they were killers at the time, obviously. But either way, that was, just, it was so good. That was insane. That motherfucker was using that knife, man. Like that yeah. was like. <laughs> now I understand what it means, and people are like, "This this man was killed. He was stabbed 150 times." And I'm always like, "What? How is somebody stabbed that many times?" And then I watch this, and I was like, "Oh, I get it now." Yeah, no, dude, it's yeah, that they did a great job conveying that. But um, let's move on. Let's move on to something. We're switching gears a little bit. This, by the way, both of these movies take their time. They let the characters breathe. They let the story build. I I don't mind at all that these movies are two and a half hours long, especially this one, The Welling. So um, this is basically a stranger shows up in a village and sickness starts spreading. People start dying. So, of course, they're going to assume he's the problem. And then this detective, this policeman's daughter gets sick and, and shit goes off the rails from there. 
This is from, uh, I believe, Na Hong Jin. And I don't know if you've seen another movie called The Chaser from him, but I would highly recommend it because it's very good. Okay. Uh, either way, I had never seen this movie. It's been on my list a long time. came out in 2016. Like, by long time, I mean it's been on my list since 2017. I just never got around to watching it. I heard it was one of the greatest horror movies to come out in, in like, the last 10 years. Um, so, anyway, had you seen this before? Like, so you so you went in having already watched it? No, 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 no. I went in completely blind. It's so, oh, I it's thought so re- you said you had seen it. Okay. No, no, no. It, it's so relatable, though, to hear you. Because, man, we all have shit like that where, like, I'll have a movie on my list from like 2016 and i'll just like like look back and be like damn i never watched that you know what i mean like it 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 makes you feel weird because you think you're keeping up with stuff but something always slips through the cracks you know um yeah dude i kind of regret talking so much about i saw the devil just because dude this movie man I, i i don't really know what to say i mean you know okay i'll start by saying this this is a movie, and, and I'll just just little brief, you know, plot outline. There's a guy, a cop, who's trying to investigate this disease that's spreading around, kind of like a zombie disease. And the Japanese and these stranger, dumbasses thinks it's mushrooms, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's magic mushrooms. Uh, and so it's basically a zombie movie. That's what you kind of think. And then there's a uh, a mysterious Japanese man who may or may not be behind the whole thing. And then, uh, uh, what is it called? Not witch doctors, but uh, uh, shamans. Shaman. Shamans get involved, and ghosts get involved, and it's just a whole. The devil gets, I guess, gets involved, and it's a whole mess of. Uh, it's just a whole mess of everything, and I can tell you this: I can count on probably one hand the amount of scary movies that have legitimately disturbed me maybe disturbed is the wrong word but legitimately just kind of made me like made my skin crawl and made it we're legitimately scary if that makes sense it's a weird thing to say about if you like scary movies but like you know the first paranormal activity whenever it came out i remember that being like oh my god this is something different you know um the exorcist you know a handful of others this is one of them man this movie is so bone deep unsettling i mean and the set pieces and the dude i don't i don't don't really have the words to describe how much i enjoyed slash was absolutely terrified by this movie um what did you think well i will real quick i will say i'm glad you mentioned paranormal activity because i forgot i thought it but didn't say it when we were discussing haunted house movies i do think the first one at the very least did kind of nail that aesthetic that we're we're talking about. I thought it did it in a very cool yep. original way. Yeah, um, great movie. I still think it's a great movie. Yeah. So this movie, I mean, what is there like? You know, everybody is saying the praises of this movie. So there's not really new to say, but there's a reason people are singing the praises for it. So we're gonna get into spoilers. We just have to. So if you haven't seen this movie and want to go watch it, go watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Uh, so, but we are going to talk spoilers because there's a couple of things that have, have to be spoiled. So Mm. dude, the lighting in this movie, the use of shadows, the, the way they film, there is a scene approaching cause it's a long movie, two hours, 36 minutes. I think we're probably at like the hour and 45 mark 
where the shaman is doing what he's like he's he's doing his his spell and then we've got the japanese guy doing his thing and then it keeps cutting to the daughter who's possessed and Mm -hmm. i hate to even say the word possessed because this movie does something that's even more unsettling she's not acting like a demon you know it's actually worse um and the camera's cutting between him doing that and the and the japanese guy doing what he's doing and the daughter and it the music the build up the tension it was like 10 minutes and it felt like an eternity mm-hmm. there was just that entire segment was so beautifully done i mean dude this movie it hits on this weird primal fear yep and i think there's a reason for that because it's based on folklore it's based on something that people really did believe at one point and possibly still do um i, I want to say the japanese man is like a like a gin um and and like you know that's just a different culture for it like that's a different word for another culture but it's the same thing he's like this demon but the movie keeps you on your toes the whole time you never really know what's happening and dude i still don't know if the shaman that was helping the family is good or bad. I have no idea. It was very ambiguous. Like, I, I have no idea. I'm pretty sure he's bad. Me too. There was a great scene where he's like, and the rat falls in the trap. And it didn't really make sense at the time, but then it made sense later on. But then it's like, yeah. are you are you bad? Like, who were you in cahoots with? What is happening? There's actually a deleted scene. Uh, did you hear about the deleted ending? No. What is What is it? It was a deleted ending. They filmed it, but they didn't add it on at the end. I guess they chose not to. There's a deleted ending of the shaman uh, driving uh, down the road, and the guy, the the Japanese guy, is on the side of the road, just standing on the side of the road like a hitchhiker. And he stops and picks him up, just opens the door, and he gets in, and he drives away, and then into frame walks the woman in white, and then the movie ends. Like they're basically going on to a different town, you know. Okay. Which even saying that, I, I I'm I'm not kidding. Saying those words, I've got goosebumps. I'm completely covered in goosebumps, dude. Like, <laughs> dude, this movie, man. I, I don't even like. I, I mean, I I I, I kind of caught myself because I was like, is it is it possible that this brilliant movie fell under the radar? And it did. It just did. It fell under the radar from from. I'm speaking for myself, like. Dude, I thought it was amazing. I, I really, I think this is one of the best horror movies I've ever, ever seen because it covers all the bases. You've got this demonic element. You've got a kind of benevolent ghost figure. You've got the possession. You've got, I mean, literally zombies. You know, you've got the zombie disease thing. And then underneath it all, you that thing that you that thing that you talked about, there's a a folk horror element to it that is, you know, way, 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 way beyond what anything we can, I mean, people may still believe in this shit, but like, we're talking about, we're talking about American settlers in the 16th century, looking out into the Pennsylvania wilderness and going, there's something I don't like about what's out there. Right. And the same thing in South Korea, in, the 1400s or whatever you know whenever all this folklore was made up and what are they really seeing i mean i, I you know being a realist or being a i guess non-believer i think they're scared of nature and of the unknown or whatever 
But that fear is so palpable and so real that you have people who are like, no, 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 there's a devil in them, their woods, right? Like there's something is out there and it is not friendly and it is looking to destroy and cause violence and mayhem and whatever. And that, that feeling of dread that causes that belief in human beings, this movie is filled to the fucking brim with that feeling. Like, and if, if that's not like, the best thing that a scary movie can do. I don't know what is. I mean, it's, it's absolutely dread inducing. <laughs> like, it's... Well, it's all about like, in my opinion, effective horror, all the movies you named, all the ones I can think of, it's about capturing a tone. Hmm. And if you, and if you miss the mark, like if this movie had missed the mark, it wouldn't have worked the way it did, but it didn't. And yeah. the tone it captures is a tone of terror and of real horror. Mm-hmm. And you seep in it. You like you just or you steep, I should say. Like you're you're in this world. You're in it 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 like seeps into your bones while mm. you're watching it. And it's just it's so unsettling that the dream sequences that we find out later aren't dream sequence weren't dream sequences, like you know, but then there's moments of like just like with memories of murder, which it makes sense that it would that it would borrow from memories of murder because American movies borrow from each other all the time. So it's like you have this like sometimes slapsticky kind of comedy yep. that's balanced so well with the rest of the horror. Um, at one point, like the cop calls the other cop like a girly sissy man because this this crazed maniac at a fucking at a crime scene like jumps on him. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's that shit's funny, right? But then it just on a dime it turns and you're back to being terrified. Like when, when they see the woman outside in the rain, um, (laughs) like there's, it's so scary, but at the same time, there's so many comedic elements to that moment. That's balanced so perfectly. And honestly, I see that with almost every South Korean movie that I've watched is they balance that. Well, it's interesting. It's interesting. You mentioning that because I, I, I'm not going to be able to attribute this quote, but I remember somebody saying, or maybe I read it somewhere where they were talking about they thought that this was a characteristic of Bong Joon-ho, that they thought that this was something that he did, which is, it's true, it is a characteristic of Bong Joon-ho, but it's also a characteristic of South Korean cinema in general, where they are taking these these genres, and it may be Memories of Murder, it may be a Zodiac-level serial killer, whatever, but it's still going to be interspersed with these moments of levity, you know, uh, and moments of, like, slapstick and stuff. I mean, not overtly so, but... Um, but yeah, you're right. That, that, that seems to be, and it's in, I saw the devil too. I mean, you know, when they, I mean, if, if that opening, when they discover her body is not a comic sequence, I don't know what is, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um what, how and, about when, when, when we get the scene with the guy at the end talking to the Japanese man and he's like, you know, if you tell me I'll leave. And like, dude, he's just kind of quietly laughing. And he's like, who said I was going to let you leave? Mm-hmm. Dude, that, that whole scene. And as it's switching back and forth with the guy, with the, the detective and his, and his daughter and his family, then you also mix in like the other shop. Dude, there's the editing just really unsettles you in almost every possible way. It removes all form of comfort. You know, it reminded me of... God, this movie made me feel like a kid in such a, you know, in such a, 
in in such a way that like it made me feel like when you're a kid and you're seeing something that is so scary or powerful or cool for the first time you know what i mean like it just like i like uh, like literally when the feeling that you're talking about that was seeping into my bones when it when it was seeping in i literally was like oh this is new i haven't felt this in a long time you know what i mean like it felt like being a kid again and watching your first scary movie or something that's how that's how powerful the feeling is um but i i want to I want to narrow down a very specific point in this movie where it really reached, it really reached like into the sublime for me personally. And it's the moment at the end where the main character is trying to figure out if the woman in white is basically good or bad. Right. And he's talking on the phone to the shaman. Shaman is saying she's wicked. She's a witch. Don't listen to her. And the woman in white is saying, please, you know, and he is kind of standing on the edge. You know, he's not anywhere near to her. He's kind of figuring out who he wants to believe, right? And he's kind of in this straight betwixt two moment. It's the, I mean, it's the it's the the breaking point of the movie, basically. The, the final decision that the protagonist makes. Um, and he's trying to decide. And I remember thinking to myself, so much hinges on this decision. You know what I mean? Like, like it reminded me of a scene in the village, which I can't even pinpoint, but I'm thinking of a scene in the village where, you know, or maybe it signs like Shyamalan is really heavy in this kind of stuff where like you get the, you get the impression that this scene, this choice that this character makes is going, the, the impact of it is going to be seismic. Right. It's like take shelter. I, I don't, not to bring up uh, earlier stuff, but, but take shelter. I remember thinking, if Michael Shannon can open that door at the end of that fucking movie, I can do anything, right? Like, I remember him slowly pushing open that door was such an incredible moment, right? And then what happens after he opens the door? Um, but I don't know, man. Can you think of any better way to talk about that moment than I like than I am? Because I'm kind of, like, all over the place. But I just feel like that moment was so... I don't know, man. I just felt like I just felt like the decision that this character makes is going to impact the whole universe that I've just spent the past two and a half hours getting to know, you know, or, or living in, you know, and the fate of little the little girl and the good or evil, it, which one's going to win the day? Like it was just such a powerful moment. I don't know. Did that moment stand out to you? No, I mean, absolutely. That That's signs of a good storyteller. Like, we've been right. involved in this world and following these characters, and we're also, we're there making that decision with them. That's how good the story was being told. We don't know you're, you're right. if she's good or bad. You know what I mean? Like I didn't think about that. You're right, yeah. So, yeah, everything works. It's just firing on all cylinders. Honestly, the last time I felt this way tonally about a horror movie where I was like, okay, that checks all the boxes for how unsettled I want to feel. Cause like you don't really get scared. Like it's hard to get scared of scary yep. movies. Like that's just the way it is. But if they strike that tone, we've been talking about, it can get very interesting in terms of how you feel like, like a legitimate fear and unsettling. The last time a movie did that to me was probably hereditary. I knew you were going to say hereditary. Yeah. Yeah. Either hereditary or something like the witch where it's, it's really pulling you in to this family or this time period 
and you're kind of along for the ride. So these decisions that they're making, the way they're communicating, the way they're living their life, all of that is going to weigh on you as well. If the, if the director does their job, that is the way a, a really good horror movie should be. Yep. You know, I, the only, I, I see what you're saying about Hereditary, and it's no mark against the movie, but like, for me, Hereditary didn't affect that mode or didn't 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 have that effect on me because I was expecting it. You know what I mean? Like I was expecting the scariest movie to come out in forever. You know what I mean? And so like I, w- I had my guard up, I felt like. With this movie, I was just like, I didn't know what to expect. And so my guard wasn't up. I was just, this was just a Tuesday night. I was just watching this fucking movie. And all of a sudden I'm like, dude, I think I'm going to start crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? It was like, it's it's that moment when you're a kid, when you're just like, oh, I didn't know movies could do this anymore. Like you, you, you get that feeling of newness of, of man, dude, it was, it, dude, it, it really was something. I mean, I, I, I was in awe, man. I, I really, really was in awe of this movie. It was just, whew, what a movie, what a picture, man. Well, I don't want to toot my own horn, if you will, but I picked two home runs, if I must say. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I saw the devil was good, but I watched I saw the devil like the day after, and frankly, I was still reeling from the the wailing. So I was like, <laughs> "Dude, I'm not kidding." This movie like it threw me out of whack for a couple days, man. I was just like, I mean, man, there's something so just bone deep, just dread. You know, that's the best word. Just it fills you with absolute utter dread. And um, man, oh man, I wish I could not watch this movie, but I wish I could show this movie to people. You know what I mean? And like it did. It reminds me of you being a kid and you telling your friends, like you got to watch it. It's the scariest movie ever. You know, like that's, that's how I feel about this movie. It was, it was really something else, man. Yeah, man. Obviously I, I totally agree. Uh, the, the end was so subtle. The, the uneasiness of them talking, dude, there's, there's a, a, a demon quoting scripture. That's just that that scene is so unsettling. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the opening begins with the <laughs> the Bible verse, dude. Oh yeah, what a fucked up movie, man. What a, I mean, not fucked up even. Actually, that's even the wrong word. Just what a man, oh man. You know when these, when these it's like a ghost story around the campfire, man. When when that when that shit gets into you, man, it just rattles around and will not you know, will not leave. It's not shocking or immediately scary. It's just, it just, you know, it just rattles around your brain until forever. probably, I guess, you know? No, absolutely. And guys, we're, we're obviously highly recommending both of these movies. I would say I, I like them about the same. I love both of them. I think you clearly probably like the welling more, but both of them are streaming for free on Amazon prime. So take some time and watch them, especially the welling, since it is more of a traditional, horror film it is a bit slow burn but it is worth it i assure you i think we both assure you that it's worth it yeah i mean I, yeah just the wailing i don't even know what to say just just open your third eye and watch that fucking movie man <laughs> just whoo man what a ride i'm getting literally i was getting i was getting like kind of just like amped up even talking about it i was just like oh man like what a fucking movie um but yeah yeah, yeah def- I, it, definitely, it definitely watch both it held up to the hype that I've been hearing about for years, for sure. So. Yeah, definitely. But anyway, guys, that'll do it on another week of the Silver Scream video. We hope you guys watch these movies and enjoy them as much as we did. 
Don't forget, rate, review, follow wherever you listen. We are available wherever you get your podcast, but those reviews really help the algorithm. Uh, do you have anything else to add before we get out of here? Nah, man, let's wrap it up. Okay, guys, thanks for stopping by the Silver Scream video, and we'll see you next week. Oh, my God.